0: Welcome to the Mike Quirk Podcast.
1: Now give me my theme music.
0: This series is brought to you with the help of PST Sport. PST Sport is a design and build specialist contractor focusing exclusively on the design and construction of artificial grass pitches and supporting infrastructure for soccer, GAA, rugby, hockey and tennis. PST's portfolio includes over 50 FIFA certified artificial grass pitches, as well as multiple pitches tested and approved for World Rugby, GAA and FIH standards. PST Sports have done over 500 artificial grass pitches for clubs, schools, colleges, and local authorities in Ireland and the UK for all different sporting codes. Visit pstsport.com for more details. Okay, Happy New Year, everybody, and and welcome back to the, I think this is the seventh episode of season two, uh, where we try and scratch a little bit below the surface of coaching and and look for ways that we can all do it a small bit better um hope everybody had a nice christmas and is ready to get back on the field or in the gym wherever you are with your own team um delighted to say this week that uh my guests will be well known to most of you from the basketball courts and football pitches of ireland
1: um kieran donahy kieran very welcome thanks mike thanks a million for having me mate. how's uh how's our christmas all good christmas was great santi came everybody's happy um Senti did a good job of keeping four goldfish alive for um, maybe three or four nights on the way over from the North Pole, which was uh, very testing times to make sure they all survived. But uh, thankfully on Christmas morning, they were all okay. So, yeah, that was about my most stressful part of Christmas now.
0: It's the construction elements that he leaves for some people that are that are a little bit more challenging of his time. But uh, anyway, it's it's good that he's all over and everybody's had a good time. Um, Exactly. Talk to me, so man. We're 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 obviously looking at coaching and different things. So you're you're currently involved with Arma and Kieran McGinny up there. Previously, you would have worked in Galway as a performance yeah, coach with uh, the hurling team. You would have been involved with coaching and managing the Sigerson team in Tralee. Um, you would probably have been doing helping out different bits and pieces with with Aston Stacks, your own your own club, which you finished up with last year, um, and then obviously the basketball side of things from playing days with with, with the Chile Tigers and now into the into the Chile Warriors. It's a very kind of um, varied you know, look at different sports and, 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 you know, hurling basketball, football, it's giving you a wide kind of angle. What have you, what have you, what's kind of the biggest thing that you've picked up from looking at all those different, different sports, I suppose, along the way?
1: Um, yeah, I, I suppose like, you know, uh, the performance coach term with, with Godway is always a, was always a loose one. I was, I was helping out a small bit with the forward movement, but it was a fascinating insight for me. Um, one to get in with a, a high-performing group that were after winning in All-Ireland two years previous in, in 17 and, and getting to work with, with uh, Michal O'Donoghue and, and his backroom team um, and just looking at hurling and trying to figure out maybe around the movement patterns as a full forward. It actually came from Mihal was down watching a Kerry training. He asked Eamon Fitzmaurice, could he go and watch Kerry training? And he saw myself and Gooch uh, inside kind of, you know, maybe rub screens, kind of cutting off each other, the timing, the the understanding of when I knew Cullum got a ball over in the sideline when he was bending down to pick it up, I knew, and he knew that I would always be coming short for him then. If he wanted into the breadbasket and got turned, I would know that he might be looking for a more, um, you know, a creative pass, we'll say. So I could maybe be creative with my runs, and if he got the pass then, there was goal on, and if I didn't, he'd probably pip it over the bar. So... Uh, I I guess what my role was was up there and it was it was a very small role in the general scheme of things, but was just looking at their their inside movement and maybe pre movement before uh, I would have had a feeling in the hurling that it was very much that the backs would determine where the forwards would run. Uh, And I was trying to help uh, and did a great big full forward, Johnny, Johnny Glynn. So I was kind of working with him on, you know, his movement pre the ball coming that he would be where he wanted to be, but not standing underneath it, that he would come swooping in trying to attack it. So just that was a fascinating insight. One, to be very observant of the group and just learn. And I was very vulnerable to the group, uh, as you can imagine. I think I even remember saying, picture one of e going down next year, lads, because I was just out of Kerry at the time. I said, picture one of e going down next year and going in and being told, go in and help to Kerry forwards there because that's where Galway were at the time. They did the great Joe Canning. They had a, they had a really good team. They were just picked by by Limerick the year before. So it was, uh, it was a real um, eye-opener for me, but it was great to see the culture, to see how they did things as opposed to how we did things with Kerry the year before. And, you know, so you're learning. And I think, my biggest thing as a player, Mike, and we played together on both codes, I would say that I tried to learn as much as I could from everybody. You know, I try and delve into coaches, players, because um Russ, Russ Bradberg, our great basketball coach, always said like that I was a sponge for information. So I might have been good at the plays and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted, I wanted every little insight that someone could give me to see could it improve me as a player. And ultimately I think coaching is is just really trying to help the person, number one, but just trying to improve them. Um, and, and, and that's probably, you know, I'm very rookie. I'm a, still a rookie, Consider myself a massive rookie. Even when you asked me to come on this, I was like, oh, geez, Mike, I'm I'm only at this a few <laughs> years and I don't want to be telling anybody uh, what, they, what I think they should be doing. But I would say learning for me uh, I'm I'm at the very start of the journey of coaching. So I'm right back to where I was in my young days as a player, which is just trying to learn as much as possible and trying mm. to dissect it and put it into my own, my own language and my own ideas, and then trying to put that across to a bunch of players.
0: Yeah. And and I think to be fair, man, that's a common theme across everybody, whether they're coaching 40 years or 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 four years. That idea of of coaching, coaching is a kind of a lifelong pursuit of, of, of just getting better incrementally every year. Can I, can I find something else? Can I tweak this? Can I tweak that? And and just kind of keep learning from each other and keep growing. But that must've been though, to be fair, going into that Galway, like that's a really good way to put it. Asking one of the Galway guys to go down to Kerry there and start talking to him about their forward movement. It's pretty much the same thing. Like it it was, you must've been a complete kind of fish out of water there at the start. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget it. They were above Anath and nothing, Roy. And uh, uh, they were in their gym. Um, and I was talking to the group, my first time talking to the group. So, yeah, it was, uh, they were actually such a great bunch of lads, to be honest. And uh, I think I was very open with them in the fact that, look, lads, if I can bring a half a percent uh, to this overall thing, or even a half a percent to a player, um, I think that's all Hall was looking for me. He was just looking yeah. for maybe a different angle and a different... Uh, thought process on especially the inside guys, like you know, and uh, they had some unbelievable players, so you know, it, 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 it's it, it was just to get them around the ideas of you know, just doing even just doing a small bit of like on, on, on early screens and just thinking that step ahead mm-hmm. rather than who's got the ball now they've hit it, okay, I have to run out and try and win it. That can we? Can we see the next hand pass hundred yards away? Can I start moving now? So when that guy receives the hand pass and turns, that there's actually a guy breaking out. Uh, and look, they were doing that anyway before that, but it was just little trying to get little tweaks around them. Um, but it was, it was a it was a huge for me, it was. Even though I thought it was a prank call first from Michaladon, who I thought it was one of the shares or something winding me up. Uh, I had to do a bit of um, quizzing before before I, I I opened up to the call. But yeah, look, he, he he saw that movement from myself and Cullum. And he was just saying, look, if you could bring any bit of that or, or try and help us with any bit of that movement up top. So then it was about me watching loads of video, asking the coaches loads of questions. You know, what are guys... You know, like yeah, complete like a fish out of water. It's like even though hurling and football they're both GA, they're, it's, it, you might as well be going into a rugby setup or a soccer setup. It's 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 a completely different game. Even though you see it more, you see the Waterfords now. They're they're nearly like a football team. They're little twenty yard passes, twenty yard stick passes nonstop, and uh, and there's more of that kind of coming into. it. I think the the running down the sideline and flaking at ninety yards and giving a fist pump for the crowd is 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 genuinely going away from the game of hurling and. I think the purists would like to keep it because there's something about hurling that I think it has ahead of football is that there's more 50-50 contests and there's more of that edgier seat excitement when a ball is coming down out of the sky. But uh, I think teams are starting to maybe mind possession a bit more. But yeah, just look, a a great learning curve for me and something that, again, when I look back in 10 or 15 years, you know, what I learned off of Mihal and the lads up there, you know, As I said, I I would have taken bits from Russ Bradbury as a coach, Joy in the Irish team. You're just trying to learn all the time off of these guys.
0: Yeah, they still do love a good fist pump, man in hurling. <laughs> it's still, they do. It's still so up I, there, I, yeah. I love a good, I love a good fist pump yeah, too. Yeah, like if anybody now is listening to this and they're saying Quirk and Donahue are after been talking for the first ten minutes of this thing about hurling, like they might have switched off at this stage. So we we we'll, we we'll kind of go and we'll and start it it, Yeah, pull it back to something we we might be a little bit more knowledgeable about. Like, <laughs> so obviously you're in our man now, and what would you have taken from that experience that that you're kind of bringing now to your? You know coaching and i'm sure whenever whenever you finish with our you'll you'll take stuff from that and move it on to wherever you wherever you are next like what you know you're talking about learning what what are those things that, that you've improved on since you've started because really you're only coaching kind of you know take your Sigerson stuff three or four years yeah three or four years really so like you said the infancy of 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 what you hope will be will be a long time doing that. So, what are the things that you've kind of picked up already from from Mihal, from Kier McGinney, from your your experience with the Sigerson, from Wayne Quinlan, Nasta Stack's? Where, what are those? Some of those and Russ Bradbury, Joey Boylan, all those people that we'll talk about in a minute in the basketball sense.
1: Um, you know, I think what I've learned really is, um, I suppose, my role as a player varied so much over the years. I was I was a fella that was trying to make the breakthrough for a few years. I was on the team. I was player of the year. I was off the team, on the team. I went through all the range of emotions as a player. So, And I think what I saw was little tweaks, little differences in how maybe I was approached uh, from a backroom team point of view at different stages of that cycle. Um, And I remember kind of out of that kind of saying to myself, when I get in, you know, I must greet number 32 the way I greet number one. Um uh And, you know, even though it, I try and do that, I'm obviously, I, I get up once or twice a week, uh, depending on what way of work is with me. And uh the fact that I can get out onto the pitch, shake hands with the fellas, ask them how they are. Uh Literally, I spend probably eight or nine minutes walking around just trying to get contact with as many fellas as I can. Um because I think that's important. I think these guys are putting so much into the game now, Mike. And you know, obviously, with, with, with Kerry, you, we see it now at the highest level. You know, what they're putting in is far more than what we put in when we were playing. And, you know, if it, it, it's not even as rewarding, I think, as it was. Like, if we were number 29 or 30, we were delighted. We were part of the match team. We were going up for the day. You could tell your family, I'm on the squad. You were running your own crow Park. Now you could have 45 fellas training and 26 get to out for game day. So you've, 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 you've 19 guys there that are sitting there kind of going, you know, what's this all about? And they're brilliant players and they're working hard and they're doing the gym. So I think the biggest learning for me is, is trying to keep in contact with guys that might be, I, I try and think about coming home, you know, is there somebody that, that might need a, a pickup here or, or, you know, I, I would have even, even with my time with the Galway lads, I would have been looking like who, who who's a bit sad coming off today or, and just trying to kind of, cause I, I've been the, I, I, as I said, it's, it's, it's very vivid to me when, when you're, when you're the main man, they're all, we're going to do this. We want to do this. What do you think about this? Watching, and next thing, all of a sudden you're not that guy. And for whatever reasons you're, you're just not it. And next thing, all of a sudden it's very quiet and, <laughs> You're kind of wondering where you are, and now every little thing you're doing, you're analysing it away more for yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's hard for players, um, you know. And I, I, you know, I think, I think, the, you know, the guys in the background are obviously huge. I know he had, you know, uh, Tony Griffin. I think probably helped a lot with that with your group this year. And, and we've got a great guy in in, in our in our uh, Hugh Campbell. He's really good with players and spotting that. And I think that's a real powerful thing because if you can get everybody feeling the love uh and feeling like they're important because they are essential, you know, like was there's 26 in the match day, but for your trial game uh, the weekend before you need 34, 35, 36 guys. You need them really going at it to test the starters, to, to try and improve themselves, to try and move up the ranges. So I think that's a that's a big one is is making sure that you know there's no point you having to start in 15 all great. Everyone's happy, and then you're fifteen to twenty six, you know, not really sure about themselves. But more importantly, you're twenty six to your forty, you know, your thirty five or whatever it is when it kind of gets narrowed down. Come championship, those are the guys that I think determine how well you're tested. And if you look at the success Dublin had for so long, that I think that was a huge part of it. Their, their, their second team were highly motivated in a really good place. And really pushing their A team, which meant their A team were ready for anything when when you threw everything at them.
0: Mm. And that's definitely a change in at, at senior in the county level in the last ten fifteen years. From when when you were like as you just articulated, from when you were playing, and I was playing to now, and I would have been one of those guys far more often than you would, obviously. But that idea of, geez, it's very quiet around here now. <laughs> it's really quiet. There's no whole pile happening. And it's amazing the power of a phone call or, or a 60-second or a, or a conversation about, here's what you could do to you know, push yourself up the line. It's amazing the effect that that can have on fellas as well. Like
1: e- Even a WhatsApp, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a little message to, you know, stay going, keep going, you're going well. Even guys that are injured, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember, you know, that year in 13 when I did osteopubis injury and I looked healthy. I was walking around, I had no crutches, but I felt guys kind of looking at me like, what's his story? Like, why isn't he putting it in? Why isn't he training? Why isn't he doing this? And like the, 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 the drives home from Killarney, uh, they're, they're a lonely drive and that's a half an hour. I'd hate to be living in, in Drummond where Declan Sullivan was and having an hour and 15 minutes for myself to be thinking about it in the car because you know, you're just addling yourself constantly. So even keeping an eye on fellas that are out injured because you know you're going to need them when they come back. And the squad plays such an important role. You know, we two guys come on against Galway last year that hadn't played for Armagh before, you know, Owen Woods and Justy Cairns, and both came on. Both were really showing well in training and, and you know, had never played league or championship or anything. And, and there you go, lads. You know, it's it's extra time against in the All-Ireland Quarterfinal in Crow Park. You know we need you to go in and do a job and in fairness to both of them you know when they were called upon were, were were excellent to come in and and both scored a point and both tackled and tracked and worked hard and played well for the team um and that's really all you can ask for guys is to be ready but you have to try and i think helping them along the road to to, to yeah. make sure when that chance comes that they feel a part of it
0: yeah yeah mental side of it for those guys is such a challenge it's easy, it's really easy when you're the when you're the top guys obviously and you know you're going playing every week and you know your challenges but it's those other fellows that are locked in that bit of uncertainty that is a, that is a big key. Uh, and that's that's we're all yeah. we're
1: all on that. Like you you said it, you I I heard you with Paddy last week, like you were talking about the uh the, the young lad coming home with his dead in the car, like you know, mm. we're all kind of young lads, you know. I know we're grown men, um, but we're all we're all young lads, like you know, and that 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 kind of uncertainty sits in us all, I think, unless you're like the upper echelons of player that's just bulletproofed everything and has so much ability that they just back themselves no matter what. But if you don't have that ability and you're really relying on your, your fighting ability or your scrapping ability or your catching ability, or, you know, if your game is pocketed towards one area and that's struggling, you know, a a text from a guy or a call from a guy, you know, when you're not going well um, and like, there's no point in like, uh, you know, I had this out with managers at times and, you know, look, you're, you're, you're not in the weekend and, you know, you were telling me I was moving great two weeks ago. Like, you know, like I want to be told, Kieran, you you're not moving great. Uh, there's more in you, but you're not doing A, B and C. And if you don't start doing this, you're going to be sitting on the bench. I can take that information. I can go home. Like we wouldn't have diarized it like they do now, but I would have, I, if it was now, I'd write that down to diary and say, okay, okay, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not getting back and I need to score more. Okay, well, I need to go fix these in the next training session, the next trial game, and they would be very. And then I can know going home. Well, I improved that. I improved that. I'm still poor at that, you know. But if you don't know and you're just drifting along, yeah. and then you're not on, it's nothing more frustrating than oh look, you're not, you, you've been, you're not on, you're dropped, and oh look, he's coming back. It's, it's trying to keep every fella kind of clued in uh, to where they're at and what they can improve on. I think is 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 a good place for players because it gives them focus to what they can maybe can be doing at home.
0: Yeah focusing on that process as opposed to as opposed to maybe the outcome mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah just just you know what the basketball thing always comes up anytime I, i'm I'm doing one of these things and people ask me about the crossover basketball and I get a bit tired and it's, it's a bit lazy, I think to talk just about you know the crossover but but specifically like to get into the little nuts and bolts of what are the transferable aspects of playing and coaching basketball, to moving then onto the Gaelic football pitch, how has how have you seen basketball influence Gaelic games now in, in Gaelic football in particular in the last couple of years? What kind of specific things now, like as opposed to the just the usual generalization? You know, yeah,
1: behind him, yeah, yeah catching. You know, and in hands stuff. And yeah, like you throw it out every yeah. time,
0: and it's like, oh yeah, I had that. that you know, but um, like I, yeah.
1: I, I, I think that, like, you know, and, and and it's something I have to do a lot more on and a lot more learning on. I've even talked to you about this years ago is like, you know, I was playing basketball and football so hard for so long that I didn't really have time to go away and <clears throat> maybe learn more about coaching or go to clinics and learn small-sided games and what you can do for this and what you can do for that. I'm very much going on my ideas and the way I like the games be played and where I think you can attack teams and I'm uh, like, you know, I know shame in saying that I'm a very much an ideas guy and, you know, I'm working on and trying to get better at how do you implement that? But I always hear you on about small sided games, you know, that is basketball, you know, five on five, that's what it is. And I think the biggest transferable asset that's missed in all these kind of, oh, your hands and your vision and your peripheral vision and all this, I think is Mm decision-making. And I think if you go back and look at the great basketballers, um, uh, Lee McHale, Sherlock, yourself, McGarity, myself, fellas that were playing at a really high level in basketball. Whenever they get out on the football pitch, the one thing I think you could say about all of them is they're smart. Mm. They, you know, they're smart, they might not have the skill set that the footballers that have, but they're smart. They're in the right place at the right time. They don't give the ball away too often. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from basketball and basketball is a five on five game so when you play more small-sided games and training you're getting more decisions to be made and going back to my famous uh uh crack at jack inside in the dressing room before the 11 final about the scenarios that's another huge part of it for me so your small-sided games trying to get as much of them in as possible where guys are having to make multiple decisions both offensively and defensively so they get used because the game has gone that way. Your corner forwards have to defend though. So they have to be switched on to a guy making a run or whatever. So I would say that's the biggest thing. And then the scenarios, for me, there were something that I went to Jack with in that that time, which was, you know, can we get a scoreboard in the stadium? Can we get 10 minutes left in the clock? I want, you know, because we're playing training. It's great football. It's Kerry football. Mike Frank is thrown the ball over. Gooch is at the other end thrown it over. It's all great, but... Who's winning? What's the score? How desperate are we for this next kickout? If we don't know what's going on in the game, you know, how can we how can we play accordingly? And then what happens is, is you find yourself in a game where you're down four points. Nobody kind of really knows how we're supposed to attack this. So, I think for me, the, the scenarios were were the start of it, and trying to really work on them. Then even with stacks over the last few years, trying to come up with stuff and trying to actually do them over and over again. So your team might pull back a six-point lead in 10 minutes twice out of 10 goals, but you've done it 10 times, and when you're chasing a game, you're hoping that some of them guys that are out there go, we've, we've done this in training. Right, okay, yeah. we need to press and kick outs. We need to push them to sidelines. We need to do whatever we need to do to get back into the game. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a huge transferable, I think, from the basketball court uh, and why there seems to be more and more basketball guys getting involved in football um is 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 around that kind of ideas and 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 movement and movement as well of of forwards uh getting defenders like we both played with marco shay marco Shea would have been an unbelievable defender in a basketball court because of his lateral movement his quickness his anticipation his hands you know and not not every back had that mm. you know and if you could get all your backs doing a bit more sliding a bit more speed of foot uh um, and then again, that small-sided games can you get a, can you get a lot of that uh, defensive stuff mm-hmm. going? So I would say they're the two parts for me, the scenarios what you can come up with to try and help your team. Me and you played right for years, Mike. We knew how we were playing if we were up by ten with four minutes to go, or we were down by ten, and it was poles apart. So it, it's it's very similar in football. Can and it's easier to get five fellas on the same page mm-hmm. to to carry out that game. You fifteen guys out there like. You know, are these guys, do they all know we're four down? Do they all know there's 10 minutes to go? Do they all know these two guys are on yellows? Are they, you know, is, is that going on upstairs? Or are they just going, where's the ball? I want to try and get on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to mark my man. Are they that basic or are they thinking overall for the team? Mm-hmm. And I think if you can get them guys on the same page, um, I, think that, I think that'd I think that be, yeah. that's that's a huge part of, of what I we're trying to do as coaches. Can your team be on the same page when you need them to be on the same page? As much as possible.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's definitely <laughs> better than hand-eye coordination and, and peripheral vision, you know. Uh, but it is like if you look at like I remember I think it was Pache was the first guy. We used to get a printout of, of like yeah. you know, your stats and your possessions and this and that. And we'll say you might have had you know a few 25 touches, you had a decent game, you know. Like in basketball, you're probably having 25 touches in the first quarter, you know. Yeah, you know, you know there's five seconds to go to the to the end of the quarter you know this guy's got four fouls if he picks up one more he's got a he's fouled out you know you're getting killed in rebounds Wh- whatever it is it, it definitely helps you to develop a greater sense of awareness around the game and and as yes. like you said a better understanding of exactly what's going on and what do we need to do in these different scenarios uh, and and that's I suppose then what you're talking about in terms of the games based approach and, and trying to replicate that to a, a lesser extent where we're, we're reducing the number of players in a pitch and you're playing like five on five or four on four whatever it is and you're playing a couple of those different games and you're trying to just repetition of getting fellas touches making those decisions and and developing that awareness that you're talking about like you mentioned there about Gooch earlier about you know you could tell when he was picking up the ball a certain way you know whatever way he received it you knew he was going to make this kind of a pass or you knew he had you had time to make a more creative run that only comes from understanding and and playing and training and and repeating those different things over and over and over again and the only way you're going to do that is is through those small-sided games if you're if that's the way you're going to go with it
1: yeah and like you know I I I think there's still a place for for the old fashioned staying on for 10 minutes afterwards or getting out there 15 minutes before you know if you're going to be you know I was acutely aware that if I was going to be in the trenches of a game so was Gooch and you know um trying to trying to trying to be on the same page trying to have an understanding this isn't chance you know like if I pick up this shit ball Bending down, going towards the sideline. I know I've only got a second to turn, get it onto my left leg, and I need the big guy coming for me so I can play a little one-two with him. And that's and the other corner forward, knowing that he's going to clear out of there to get to Gooch, to bail him out. Now I can fill his space. Like, do, doing that in reps and, and talking to guys about it, and, you know, I, 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 I think there's still a huge uh, place for that in the game as much as... All the other stuff we expect them to do now, the gym, the stretching, the rolling, the foam rolling, the, you know, the, the, the mindfulness part, the, the getting space for themselves, the, it, it, there's so much they have to do. And I, I, and I, and I'm always preaching, just look, lads, kind of get out there a few minutes early and get game speed stuff. Like you don't have to be going at hundred miles an hour, but there's no point standing out there, getting the ball, standing, looking at the post, if you're not a free taker and going kicking the ball over the bar. You are never going to do that in a game. So can you run out, get a ball, fake one-way turn and snapshot it over your shoulder? Because you will need to do that in a game. So, you know, it's it, it's like the old, it's like the one you go to the basketball hall and you see fellas practicing half-court shots. Like you're like, lads, right? You're going to take one of them a year. Go up there and practice your free throws. You can take 10 of them a game. So just getting them solid at, at uh, and, and that's every sport. And, you know, I remember my, first fell in love with coaching was blowing the green I was coaching I was on the Irish under 17s and I was coaching the under 15s and when I was in sixth year they were then under 17s and uh coaching them guys and the poor old creators like they got no lunch like there was no lunch like five lunch times a week they were in the hall I John O'Keefe would would cone off half the court for me there was the rest of the school kids would be blowing three baskets when I go in there now and look at the size of the place I'm like She's you were selfish, caring with that team, like the rest of the school had no space. I'd half court and a ball there and come up like, you know, because I was doing stuff with the boys and getting given out to teachers because they were coming back late to class. But it was it was trying to you could see them getting better the more practice they had. And if I was just doing a Tuesday at four o'clock, four to five, that was one hour. Whereas if I was doing five hours through all the lunch times they were getting four more hours time shooting and practicing the skills and trying to get them to do a lot of that at a young age. And I know you do a lot of great stuff on on this podcast um, uh, with, with the young people and, and stuff, but can you make it fun and can you get them practicing what they're actually going to be doing in in, in a game when it comes to them when they're 14 or 15 at that age. And that's where I must say uh, my love for maybe, or my want to try and become a decent coach our manager would have been from that that them two teams in the green and, and dealt with the heartache of losing an all Ireland final in the last second and you know how to try and get around the group after that and try and pick fellas up and and you know the pain that sits in your chest for that long time after a loss that's where it first got me was was with that team and that's where I think you know I'll, even as a player as you say when I was always playing I was always thinking you know um, how can we not me really but how can we become better. And if there was anything I thought that would become better wrongly or rightly, I would always try and get it across to someone, uh, whether it be a manager or one of the selectors. I think we could look at this or I think we could look at that. And a lot of times I was wrong and a lot of times I'm still wrong to this day, but you know, if I don't say anything, nothing, nothing will come out. So that communication is a big part. I would also say it comes out of basketball me and you, we would have been able to communicate hugely. And I think it's a, it's, it's a real thing that we can really improve in, in the GAA. I think the soccer is really good at it. The rugby is really good at it. Basketball is really good at it. But just talking to each other more out on the pitch, letting fellas know where you are. If you're coming to double team, calling it. If you're coming to support. Just the right type of communication, encouraging each other. We're good to kind of throw a few Fs into fellas, you know, if they do something wrong in a training game. But... Can you be the guide? Can you be the Steve Nash that goes around the high five and everybody? And you know, people want to play with that guy. So, can you try and get more of that involved in your in your sessions? Is a uh, is a big one as well.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And that is that is a huge part of of the basketball as well. And I I, I just I keep I keep going back to it because I think it it has such kind of a uh, a foundational kind of impact on 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 where what you were trying to become as a coach, because you have that in your back burner. You're listening to the guys like Russ Bradbury or, or Mark Burnson or, uh, you know, Dave Falvey, all, all these fellas, and and whether they were great coaches or, or, or good coaches, you're picking something out of them the whole time, and that idea of running set plays... The difference, you know, in, in in when you get a turnover and you're going in transition, all that kind of terminology has infiltrated GA now and we're now we're all looking to try and score in transition, or what can we do against this defense, or what we can do? And and it's becoming a little bit, you know, there's there's stuff being taken from it, but uh it's just interesting. Yeah, the communication piece is still is still a huge, huge part of it, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's it's just look, it's a, it's, a, it's a, look, it's a focus point, I think that. You know, teams will continue to try and work on and come up with ways that will improve it and, you know, um where and when. But look, yeah, I, I was a talker. It was so natural to me coming from being a point guard in basketball that I would talk to everybody. You know, if Declan Sullivan roasted something and kicked the point, I couldn't wait to run out behind Declan and tell him how great of a score it was. But I wasn't telling Declan, I was telling the fella that was running out after him, that was after get scored on, but... Like that, that, that's even just communication in its in its roughest sen- roughest sense. But yeah. you're you're trying to g your guy up and you're trying to put doubt in the other guy's head and, you know, just that level. I could I could jog out and say nothing too and save a bit of energy, but maybe Declan gets a little half a percent to lift off it. Maybe his men gets a half a percent down and mm-hmm. look, we you know. um uh we talked of parties grain of rice and your man with the with the inches in in, in, in any given sunday and, and the game often as you well know boils down to them things.
0: Yeah. Um you mentioned the uh, you mentioned uh, the, the youth stuff there a minute ago man and I wanna I wanna kinda touch on that a bit with you as well obviously because like only here yesterday my two, my two boys, their two buddies were over and they called up and before I knew it, the four of them were out, out the side of the house and they were playing basketball for about two hours, nonstop, two on two. There was no one out there blowing a whistle. There was no one calling fouls. There was no, like, let's get behind the cones boys and work on our layups for half an hour. It was just, <laughs> let's play, let's pick two teams and let's just play and flake each other and, and have crack and, Love and enjoy us. and learn from it, you know? Um, and I, I, I was just thinking before, before this, like, obviously they've, they've done your, your camps and stuff. And, your camps for people that maybe aren't aware that are listening to this that aren't based around Kerry are obviously very, very popular. Yourself and Fergal, Sullivan run the crossover camp now, which you did it once with football and basketball, but it's predominantly a basketball camp. But there, yeah, we we'll do it in the th- summer
1: and when the weather is good, yeah, we'll do the both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I think one thing that we try and do is get a real, um, upbeat, high caliber coaches involved. Um, I think uh, I think kids respond really well to high fives you're doing great this is brilliant oh my god you made a shot like the, some of these kids are six and seven and you know we all remember our first ball going through a hoop and that feeling you get and if you can be pumped up by you know I try like Fergal's brilliant Fergal during lockdown did loads with the kids even inside in the house showing them dribbling and stuff and, and, and all that Uh, when the weather is good, so Easter and summer we do one week where the footballers are outside and the basketballers are in the hall for two hours and for the last hour we get all the basketballers to put on their football boots even if they don't play it and just come out and see if they learn something and then the footballers go in to the basketball hall and they meet a whole new range of coaches, uh, a whole new game they're out of their comfort zone, some of them mightn't play any basketball they could be the best footballer out there So you're keeping them kind of humble and showing them that like, you know, you might be good at one thing, but that doesn't mean you're good at everything. But can you, can you now adapt in this new role and and try and improve yourself? But I I would say when we're picking the coaches, me and Fergal, like, you know, we always try and, we obviously try and get some of the Warriors players because they'd be kind of like heroes to the kids in the town. But like, if the guy, is a great player, but he's a terrible coach, or he isn't that good with kids. Like we, we, we wouldn't get him. We wouldn't get him down. Um. So like the Fleming twins, there now that we have that play with the Warriors. Two young lads from Coro come in, high energy guys, uh want to help the kids, want to high five them, pick them up, have fun with them. They're big kids themselves in a way, uh, and like Padraig and Aaron might play might play five minutes or two minutes of a Super League game. Uh they could score a layup. You know, when the Americans could have 40 points. But like they'll all run to Podrick when they come into the hall because Podrick is really invested in making sure that they have a good time for the three hours they're here. Mm. And I think that's if that can be your if that can be your focus point that you write down before you start coaching your under eights team or whatever, I'm going to make sure that they're going to have a rake of fun today. Like, there's nobody going to be going, oh, his drill was brutal, or, you know, obviously when he gets to senior level, you have to be able to implement stuff that people like to do, or they find challenging, or they find interesting. Um, But for kids, as you say, with your two lads playing out there for two hours, they really don't care. They just want to have fun and play. And I would say the coaches, when me and Fergal sit down and talk to them, we do very simple stuff, like we say, okay, Uh, after the first session the first day we'll say okay look these are the groups oh he's the best these two are the best kids by a mile you know they're the best kids by a mile in that group okay Podrick you have to go to the two of them now tomorrow and these two kids are the weakest and you have to tell them when the game starts I want you to actively try and get that kid a basket so when they're playing their little bit of a game at the end or they're playing hot seat you want that kid talking to the kid that is very um, uncomfortable in their surroundings because mom has brought them up. It's a camp. It gets them off the Xbox and iPads for three or four hours. They're going to be active. They're going to be healthy. They're indoors. They're outdoors. Um, This is a chance for them. But some of the kids come up and they're kind of like, I kind of want to do this, but like, you know, I've just been brought up here. So can you, can you get them going out the first day? And it's very hard. Like, you know, with the numbers, can you get them all on it? But that would be a job of each coach with each group to look. And I I would always say, if there's a kid really struggling, bring me over or bring Fergal over. And we would take that kid slightly off to the side, one-on-one and be like, look, you're doing great. This is hard. It's not going to be easy. You know, practice this, practice that. It's, you know, you don't become good at basketball or football in five minutes. It's going to take a bit of time, but look, you're a great athlete. You've got, you know, try and go on the good stuff that they have, uh, and tell them that this is going to come and this is going to be really good for them when they're older and I I, I find it hard to get the balance right between having come by yeah and no score and everybody have a great time versus at a certain age you know especially with the second bracket kids maybe 11 to 14 some of them kids are competitive they want to play they want to have the pain of losing or the joy of winning and I I, I try and get that going and build that up. know and keeping keeping the score and i think the sport is the last great equalizer uh mike versus you know i want that tie in the shop i think as parents and and where society has gone you know when we were young it was just a flat no your parents didn't have the money it wasn't possible you you kind of you kind of knew it you were just chancing your arm whereas i think now they know. Look, yeah, dad. That, Dad'll probably be able to get me this. I'm gonna chance my arm, and inevitably the soft side of us will go. After a bit of a huff puff, oh, look, what is it? Yeah, it's twelve ninety nine. Okay, I'll get a few, and that'll, you know, and kind of getting what they want as they move through. I want to stay up late. I want to, you know, I want this sort of the fridge. I want a yogurt before I go to bed. It's kind of yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think sport is the last great kind of equalizer into no you, you you didn't put in the effort you didn't go home practicing your shot for two hours last night that's why you lost hot seat in the end or that's why you lost that game in the end and just to have them feel a bit of that I think is is really important for them when they come like 17 and 18 and they're told no you didn't get that job or no you didn't get into college you know I think sports sets them up for that big time uh, and, and that's what I love about trying to work on the balance of keeping everyone going for as long as you can everything is good they're stations, they're learning a bit, but they're trying to make it fun, but they're trying to give them stuff that they can work on when they go home, if they're by themselves. Uh, but then also you're trying to get them to, to feel that little bit of a burn in the pit of the stomach that might say, well, I tell you no, I got beaten in hot seat today, no, but I'm going to qualify for this final tomorrow. And they the kids, like when I used to go home after watching the Vinnie Murphys and the Ricks and these fellas playing in the, in the complex, I'd come home at 10 o'clock at night it's always winter gloves on out the back shoot 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 because i wanted to try and and be that guy so it's you know and and winning and losing is a bit of a part in that so it's it's, i I like trying to get the balance of that right might get it right all the time but um I, i think it's important for the kids
0: yeah definitely and that is a balance but like to put to put a kind of a bow on all of that really just talking about the camps it's the people it's the people so really that 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 are making that as as successful for the kids as it is like and that that one you you just said about the the lads in Coro there um like being fully invested like in in the in the success of the kids uh, that's that's probably that's probably it in a nutshell. Like if if kids if kids see that you're fully invested in them for an hour of football training or an hour of basketball training or an hour of hurling or rugby or soccer, it doesn't matter. But that you're fully invested in 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 trying to help them as best they can and make it as fun and as enjoyable as it is, even if you're not the greatest coach in the world, like you you'll have them like you'll you'll have them eating out of the palm of your hand. Yeah,
1: does, I go I go down help out with Fergal in the Brendan's Academy there on a Wednesday evening. He does a unbelievable job it? kids everywhere and i think the most crack they have in the day is when they come in at the end and i'll put their hands in one two three and they're all way yeah, yeah, out yeah. the door but like if you walked in as a coach and rolled down the ground instead of rolling around the ground with them should it if their kids are seven or eight that's the yeah. best crack ever do you yeah. know what i mean so can you can you become a child for an hour rather than being the authoritarian adult that's going to coach them because really at that age you're trying to show them a few bits but then you're just trying to say off, off you go and, and have as much fun as possible
0: Yeah do, do you enjoy coaching that younger age group stuff do you, do you enjoy the juvenile stuff as much or or, or is it more of a
1: challenge? I do I do you know you know me like I'm, I, I'm I'm a big kid like uh I do enjoy it I do enjoy it I do enjoy I enjoy the most someone that's really struggling at day one. And then you see them at day four and they're a bit more comfortable in their own skin. They've improved over the four days. You know, I, I, I one of the Flemings has showed the major love all week. You know, he comes into the hall, there's kids and coaches everywhere. And I can see them walking over for a high five with Fergal or, or one of the boys. And, you know, you kind of know, OK, this kid now is starting to, you know, basketball could be. And it's just, look, Mike, it's a great game. You know, like the the... The basketball is is so, such a good game, and and even love getting the hundred footballers to go in for an hour and just go into a hall and be warm and have coaches showing them different things. And you know it's a huge learning experience. In but I think that's a I think that's a nice I think it's a nice balance where they do their own sport for two hours and they really get to kind of do that, and then they just go out to sample. And we try and work on obviously crossover skills, uh, and 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 try and get them just to see, you know, could. Actually, I'm a footballer, but I kind of like that hour in the basketball hall. Maybe I might go down to the Academy because we always talked about it. Multiple sports. If you can be playing multiple sports for as long as possible, I have a beef with the whole development squads at 12 or 14 or whatever they are. I'd like to see them pushed out another bit and leave the kids play the all the other sports till they're 15 or whatever, and make the decision then. But it's uh, it's it's really good to be playing multiple sports.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's you. your science backs that up, obviously. Like the the, the the longer you're playing multiple sports, the 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 better your 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 um your repertoire of skills and your coordination, your athleticism, all that stuff. So like telling yeah. kids in in whether it's Gaelic football or soccer, rugby, basketball, telling kids at twelve or thirteen or fourteen years of age, you gotta pick one sport now, and that's it. Like that would be that would be the sport for me that I would be telling my kids, okay, you're not going back to that sport. Like if somebody yeah. is telling you that this is the sport you have to pick at 12 years of age, and you got to concentrate on the sport, well then I'm I'm pulling my kids out of that sport as quickly as I possibly can because they they don't have the best interests of 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 your kids at heart, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I I back you all the way with that one.
0: Parenting, man, you're you're obviously you've got young kids like myself. Uh, what what is has what kind of parenting taught you? that you've brought into coaching?
1: Um, I would say that it has definitely helped with my coaching of, I would say, the underage stuff with the camps. I I would say because you quickly realize that kids are who they are uh, and every child is different. Uh, Every child is coming from a different background, happy, sad, whatever it may be. They're all coming from a different place um, and you have to try and get For me, when you're dealing with your own kids, you see that like Lola Rose and Indy, my older two, they're they're poles apart. They're completely different kids. You know, and we we haven't reared them differently. They just, Lola Rose is more like me. She's more disorganized, can't tune in for that long, switches off a lot. Uh, Indy is like mom. She's, you know, detail oriented brushes her own hair, goes down and gets changed herself. It's it's like it's just really kind of you see that and then you're kind of going, OK, well, you can't go out here and expect all these kids to listen to. You You know, you're explaining something at the start or a big one I go through is the rules of the camp and the bullying and the no online bullying are my two. Like I don't even want to hear the explanation. If I hear there's online bullying or there's something, I'll grab you. I'll ring your mom. I'll sit outside with you and they'll be gone and you'll never come back to one of my camps and that's the way it is. And, you know, so, but like for for, for younger ones, you're, you're just, they're, they're totally different. You can't have them all giving you the same level of focus. You've got the drifters and Lola be probably one of them <laughs> talking about something. Oh, that's what we're going to do in this game and she can be looking at the roof and, you know, you can't, you learn pretty quickly when, you know, That's just who they are. You just got to bring them along. They're going to get to an age where that will kind of drift out of them and they'll either be liking the sport and buy into it or not. And then you've got the kids that are 100% focused and listen to everything you say and go out and carry out everything perfectly. Um, And you know what? It probably probably does help you when you're coaching even older people because everybody's different. And you've Mm. got to be able to handle, try and handle all these different characters and try and bring them around to whatever you know as a management team you're trying to implement and some of them will agree some of them won't agree some of them want it a different way but can you try and bring it across to them and try and can you get them all to buy into it and uh, yeah it, it probably does parenting does help but uh parenting isn't easy Parenting isn't easier. To do that
0: <laughs> we, much. We should have another podcast on, on parenting or something, man. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I heard I, when you sit there, we haven't raised them
1: differently. I'd be more qualified as a parent than a coach, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I've seven years parenting. i'm only <laughs> four years coaching?
0: Would you would you <laughs> said that though? i We haven't raised them differently. I, I remember I read something recently where uh somebody I can't remember who it was was saying that that that's not exactly true. That 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 obviously the same person never crosses the same river twice because you as a person is changing constantly. And the river is obviously changing constantly. So that the idea is when your first kid comes, you're a different person To the person you are When the second kid comes And the environment In the house Is is Whether you know it or not Is a different environment To the one yeah. That was there Before the first kid was born uh, And I thought it actually yeah. It made sense Because I was saying Well if there's two kids Born in the house Same mom and dad Same environment Same everything But it's not it, It's It's a fair no, point it's, yeah, It changes it's a good point. It changes all the time But
1: um, it Changes constantly
0: Yeah Yeah uh, Apart from me Which when you've Twins and they come At the same time You don't really yeah. have an excuse But still You can see the total Differences, man. they Yeah, they are
1: like totally they're brilliant. Two, the two of them are brilliant, but they are different, which is mad. Totally, you know, totally. because they look alike. They're it's yeah, it's look, it's it's everybody's their own. The biggest thing in coaching: can you handle all the types of people in front of you, no matter whether yeah. they're kids, adults, or whether you're in a business or with a team? It's 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 people, and that's the bit where I'm trying to learn the most from and. And time is big as well, like, you know, like that's, you know, when you're, when you're raising a young family and I'm still playing a bit of basketball, you know, there's a part of me would love to be a kind of a professional coach where you could say, right, okay, I'm going to spend all day trying to get better now as a coach. What will I learn about today? And what will I delve into? Uh, You're very much going on the fly when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're involved in teams. Uh, I am in a way. Um. And look, I'll be finished playing everything soon enough and I'll be probably able to to delve down into it a bit more. Like, I know you've done a huge amount of research and, you know, your job before uh, you, uh, before being above in the college was dealing with kids and coaching kids and small-sided games. And you'd have a huge bank of knowledge built up from that. Um, and I suppose, that, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to catch up a bit with that stuff, I would feel. Is that
0: is that what you're looking at, I suppose, is your biggest mm-hmm. kind of, you know learning i suppose moving forward like you know what is it is it is it that side of things just to really build up a bigger kind of repertoire or, or or what is it that you really need to say look in the next year two years three years i really want to focus on this kind of an area and really improve this part of my coaching cuz like the biggest thing i think the biggest thing with coaching is is and you mentioned it with the camps and everything else, it's the people skills like it's the it's the talking it's the being able to communicate with people it's being able to get your message across to people and then the other stuff the games and the and the drills and the all that kind of tactical and technical stuff, that's much easier to acquire than the the actual skills to be able to communicate with people effectively and have people believe in, in what you're trying to sell.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. Like I think I think that'd probably be my strength, would be kind of, you mm-hmm. know that that what you've just said there. And my weakness is probably all the other stuff that you said is is stuff that I really have to. Uh, really have to catch up on uh, and i will in time you know look um i'm obviously very busy with pst uh we're delighted to sponsor this by the way um it's it's what you're doing is brilliant uh the work you're doing for recovery haven over is brilliant um but like it's it's when when you're busy at work and you're busy as a parent and you're and you're still hacking away on the basketball courts uh, and the football pitches of Kerry and, and Ireland um, your time to improve yourself I would say is 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 hard enough to come by so um, you know that's probably over the next few years when you know uh, I'll when I stop fully playing and you know I'll actually be able to I think it'd be able to do more, um, and that that would be my goal. Uh, sometimes I get cross with myself because I haven't done enough, and that I'm maybe making excuses about not having time. Um, but it's it's certainly that's where my improvement would have to come. And and you need time, you know, when you're dealing with 45 players, and you're trying to get across, and you're trying to text them and, and call them, and you know, and then your you know your your work phone has happened because it's busy and that side of the business is growing and you're, you know, and home is getting busier and it's just sometimes you feel like you're not winning, but, Mm. you know, uh, I must say, I'm really enjoying, um, I'm really enjoying being busy uh, and trying to be better in all those different roles as a parent, as a coach, trying to become um, a sales director now with PST. So trying to help out with more management there. So that will cross over well with the sport in Mm. terms of, you know, been managing people in 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 work is is very similar. Uh, I would say almost identical to managing people in sport. And um, so, uh, it's an area where I have to improve on. It's a huge area that I would have that I've learnt an awful lot off of off of Kieran McGinney. Was is he he as busy as he is and as as mental as he is? He he seems to always have time to to deal with everything. And uh, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a bit in that you have to be you know, but like. You know that's why I'm saying I might be making excuses. You know, he, he might get up at half five in the morning and, and do an awful lot of his prep in the morning, whereas I'm stuck to the bed at half five, and like <laughs> I'm only getting up at half five if Ruby May wakes. Like there's no way I'm getting up at half five. Uh, uh, maybe for golf, Mike. We have hit the golf yeah. course at ten past six a few yeah. mornings. I I'll be there. I jump out of the bed like golf is oh, here. We go. Uh but uh yeah. uh yeah, so like that's that's the that's the part that I I, I would like to improve the most yeah. in, in myself. Um and you mentioned um, look, you mentioned the it. management
0: side of it like do you in time obviously there's, there's very very distinct differences in terms of coaching and and management side of things like and i know you've no idea but but down the line like would you see yourself in in more of a management capacity or more of a coaching capacity or, or kind of a blended role between the two or something
1: i i'm very lucky with Kieran above in the fact that when you know i've so many meetings in dublin with the pitches that that go on up there at during the day that I can get up to Armagh, so I'm very flexible, and it was something when Kieran approached me first, like he was like, "Look, this will be very flexible to, towards you, you." Know Kieran is he does a good bit of the coaching. We've Kieran McKeever, who's brilliant. We've Dennis Hollywood, who played with Armagh and has been around, kind of, kind of did your job uh, with the Armagh County Board, looking after all the kids, the camps, all that kind of stuff. He's in with us. He's brilliant, and uh, so you're kind of. You know, when I'm up there, it's not like I come in and take over. I'm just coming in, adding in a bit all the time. And you know, the boys are well able to run the session. So it's 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 very flexible in that. Uh and you know, I kind of deal more with the forwards. I'd be touching him with the odd back, but I'd be talking to the forwards uh a bit more, and that's fine. Then you've got the you know, I did the management with the with the Sigerson team and I enjoyed that. Uh and I enjoyed more looking at the overall and and letting guys, you know, do the coaching that were in with me, that were really good coaches. Um, so I I think I, I like the idea of maybe management more and letting guys coach and having an overview. And if I see something, going to the coach with it or jumping in and top at the end, giving my opinion on it. I think I've learned that from Kieran. He's really good. He lets me and McKeever at it and he'll come in. And he deliver a message that's very poignant and and spot on, and it kind of rounds it off lovely. And you know, we go back off and do our bits again, and we come back in. So he's 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 overseeing everything, but but gives us great freedom. And I would say it gives gives great freedom for me, especially to make mistakes. You know, I could come up with a drill uh, around something that I would kind of know maybe that this isn't going great. This drill isn't like I kind of saw it. Uh, and could I tweak it? And I might say, is there any way? Here, have a look at this and see if there's a way you could tweak it that might make it better. And he'll come in with a suggestion. Uh, But more importantly, he let me make. He won't come in after two minutes and go, "Well, Kieran, I think you need to move these two guys over." Yeah. He he'd sit back and 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 that's a a huge part of uh, of my learning from him is really how important uh, he makes us as selectors and coaches and backroom staff. Uh, feel important towards the whole thing he's not a kind of a a, uh a hugely domineering figure in the group and we're all you know he's 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 really really good that way to kind of let you at it and that was good that was okay we can bring in this we won't bring in that and and kind of oversee that side of it so that's that's a big learning as well um but look as you said you're learning you're 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 learning all the time off of these great minds and look, I was with Kieran out in Australia. Um, and when he asked me, obviously it was a bit left field and it needed a bit of thinking on my side and talking to Colin, how could we make this work and talking to Hillary at home? And and once I once I made it work, I was delighted. I, I wouldn't have gone up to anybody else, I'll put it that way. Um I I just remember being extremely uh blown away by his character when I was with him as a player in 06 and as a selector in 08 and, and, and 11 and uh, the chance I felt to work with him was one that I simply as, as hard as it as, as it was and he's made it he's made it really easy by kind of saying Kieran you let me know when your appointments are in Dublin and when you can make it up and if you can make it twice a week great if you can make it once a week you know depending on games and what ways things fall you know that session might be only a kick around a bit of a walkthrough the main session will be Tuesday you know, I could say, "Oh, yeah, I have two appointments. I could get and choose." So, he that that flexibility has yeah. been really good for me, and the learning I feel has been has been great for me as well. And and they're they're a really good bunch. They're a really good bunch of players, and you are even learning stuff off the players because they're mm-hmm. a high caliber player. And we've a good few leaders that are hitting their thirties now, so they've you know they know as much as me in many respects of the game. Yeah. They've been there and done it for the last ten years, so you are learning off of them as well. So it's it, it's 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 a really good environment.
0: And I, I just wrote down there. Of course, you 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 were recently announced as the Roscommon manager.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah,
0: saw it on on I don't know it was on Twitter or something. I was like, "Geez, that's a big move. That's a big move. Best of luck, yeah." And yeah, I don't, like
1: see, like even that, like I just wouldn't. Yeah, like I like I'm honestly I'm too busy with work. That wouldn't even be an option for me. And I never even talked to them, which was the, the thing that bothered <laughs> me most. Which is why when it came out, I was like hold on I't even not a conversation with yeah there's no nobody's rang me nobody's texted me nobody's looked for a meeting it was like it was so left field because you know, it was was Kieran was away I think Kieran might have been working or something and he was away and kind of text message from from Kieran like you know <laughs> what you know what's this about i am like what's what about like and there's a message underneath and I hit it to load it like and it comes up Donah to be unveiled as rascom manager and I'm good you know, and that whole conversation is, you know, and then, you know, you're worried, is he thinking, was he talking to them? Was he going to go? And, you know, oh, it's, it's an awful position. Like, look, if anybody out there who's working with a paper or whatever, make sure that there's some some level of truth <laughs> to something before you go on a WhatsApp rumor, because WhatsApp rumors are my poison. They're the thing that annoys me the most about people sending around WhatsApps about other people. that just cracks me up. I don't even read them now. I just delete them. I lose the plot on groups that i'm on going lads you know don't be posting that stuff about somebody like just leave it off you know and i'm probably the crank but i've been i've been the the target of it before so it's 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 a it's a wiry one for me but yeah that's so no uh so not yeah wasn't uh, ever on the cards not not no
0: but but later we can see yeah more more management than than coaching and have a little bit of both of that man that's that's um
1: yeah and and that's that's me you know like that that's uh way off um, yeah. having the skill set to be a manager now, but looking to learn and see if I can get there someday, yeah.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, is there anything, man, before we wrap up, is there anything else there now that, that uh, I think we've covered a lot of it really, but is there anything that's kind of still in your head there that you didn't get a chance to throw out that would be important? Obviously, I'm always, when I'm doing this, very conscious that I know there'll be people listening to this that are involved, that your senior club stuff and your minors and then there'll also be your sixes and eights. And I think, to be fair, through the through the through the camp stuff and, and obviously with our man Galway, I think we we've probably covered a lot of it. But is there anything there that we've that we've left out?
1: Um I would I, I would say that kind of that age for boys and girls when they're kind of like 16, 17, 18 is also a kind of an age that but you know I know we're very focused on the younger groups and then you've got your teams, but I I I, I think them coaches have a huge role to play in clubs and like, you know, uh and getting the balance of that right, it's just such an important age for, for, for our kids with, with society where it is now and where they can drift off if they're not playing sport. And, you know, I think clubs have to really look into, you know, have we got good guys at, at that minor and that under 16 level or, or whatever it is, 17s and 15s or whatever. I think them two ages are, are, are a crucial age because even though you're starting to get serious a bit and people are like want to win the under 15 county championship or whatever like it's it's not overly important what's o- what what's the most thing is that that these kids are coming to train and, and they're enjoying it and that you're able to level with them somewhat like we'd we'd Frank Courtney I played with his son Martin Martin was a brilliant footballer and and Frank Frank got the balance perfect between being strict and always having a bit of a glint in his eye you know, you knew, you knew he liked you, but he wasn't going around telling you he liked you all the time, but he got that balance right between, you know, he could, he could have a go off you but he could, you wanted to play for him. And I think that's, that's, that's a good place to be at that age. You have to level with these kids. Like they're into their TikToks and, you know, I, even if you can learn, I would have a bit of crack on that with them. And, you know, I, I just think that's a vital age as vital as what you're doing with your sevens and eights, because, you know, a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old may still wander into a football club and, and start playing, or someone like me who gave up football for a year and a half when I was 14 to 15 and a half, but it was it was Frank, it was Aidan O'Connor, it was Russ Bradbird at a time in my life where I was, you know, drink was coming into the equation, college life going out, partying. It was, it was, it wasn't a good place. And all these guys played huge roles in me kind of uh helping me enjoy the game. Mm. Helping me enjoy the game. And uh, you know, it wasn't all like it wasn't all enjoyment, but you know, could they could they make the bus journeys to the games fun? And I was a messer down the back of the bus, as you can imagine, Mike and Frank Courtney, I'd walk in, you'd say, you get one chance now, Donahue He go back there. And he messing, no, you're up here next to me. And, you know, up the front, up the front, that was it, like, you know, and I'd go up, but he'd be above then, like, even though he snapped at me and moved me up the front, he'd be above and he'd be kind of sidewinding, having chats at me at the side of, you know, and and kind of a glint, that glint and almost like having a, a bit of a a, a a bond. And then you'd end O'Connor with junior C, junior B football uh, at a time where I wasn't enjoying football, really started to come good with Frank and the miners, went in at as 16 and a half, started playing with the junior C team, sort of third string team, bunch of young fellas and a bunch of uh, functioning alcoholics. And uh, and they wouldn't mind me saying that because uh they'd know the crack. But like we had such fun and training. Aiden O'Connor was old school training. Uh there was no fancy drills. Uh we did stuff that got laughed like rock the boat where you were like lying down on your belly and you were trying to get your chin and your legs up and you know all these things. You know, hamstrings. And it was the same thing every night, but he'd go in the middle, he'd be walking around, he'd be having a bit of crack, the buzz would be good. We'd finish doing all the stretching and the the, the striding in and out. And next thing, pick the teams, backs and forwards. And he'd always kind of keep the score. And then he'd let the backs attack the forwards, which was very novel at the time, but it was just basically so the backs wouldn't not come to train anymore because they were defending for the whole <laughs> training session. So they'd turn it around and he'd like, the backs have it now. Can the backs score? Sure, it was all just a bit of crack uh and that bit of camaraderie and going out every Friday night after games and you know it's 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 a big age so that them dim coaches yeah. uh you, you know who you are they're probably listening to the podcast uh how much how much can you get your kids looking forward to playing for you and uh can you be having the crack rather than being the yeah. The hammer and thongs at that age and wanting we must win the minor championship. And yes, it's important. And as I said, I was competitive when I was young. when I started getting to minor finals and under 21 finals, all that would do me would be to win. Mm-hmm. But it, that's just the one game or the one result. It's it's the it's the six or seven months or eight months before that, which is what would bring you back the year after, not that final result. So that would be the last thing I would I would say. I think those yeah. I think those both for girls and boys especially girls actually kind of 15 and 60. I see it with the camps. Like you get, the girls are brilliant and then they get to the 13 or 14 and, you know, there's a little change and, you know, you're trying to say, no, 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 like you're a brilliant basketball. You got to keep it going. And, oh, I'm, I'm with the carry hurlers and we have to play hurling. Or I'm with, the, you know, the footballers and, like I'm like girls play as much as you can play for as long as you can play it and you'll have plenty of time and if you're good enough for the hurling of the football they'll have you don't yeah. worry about it they're not going to not pick you because you're not good enough so yeah I would say that's the the last thing I suppose is just that that bracket we might not touch on too much
0: yeah very good and and to be fair like those age groups for kids that are dropping out of sport like if you're talking about 15 14 15 16 years of age that's where they're dropping out that's where we're losing yes. the vast you know majority of the kids that are dropping out of sport before they get to that, those age groups um, and it's a great point there they're like sponges like they that's such influential ages where we're going this route here towards a bit of drinking a bit of vaping a bit of whatever yep. uh or yep. or are we're, we're we're somehow staying a little bit more kind of with the group and and, and getting the most out of ourselves, you know, in the sporting sense. So um, I want to just thank you, obviously, that that was that was really good. I thought we got a lot of good stuff there, so I'm sure people will will get a lot out of it. And for the people that are listening, obviously, this is still primarily a, a fundraiser for Recovery Haven and Tralee, who are an organization who provide free cancer support services for the people of Kerry and beyond uh, and do just fantastic work. And, and I'm glad. You know, for the, I'm very thankful for the people who have already donated. And there's a link in the in the podcast description or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk. Uh, and I would ask everybody that, that has got a little bit of joy out of these things or got a bit of information. Now, in the next couple of months, as we all get back on the field with our teams or in the gym, if you're playing basketball or rugby, whatever it is... Um, now is a good time to start listening to these and that podcast and that fundraiser, should I say will be open for, for another while so um, if you have a couple of spare euros after Christmas, it'll be, it'll be much appreciated by them and by me so Kieran, thanks a million again man, really appreciate your time and uh, Happy New Year Happy
1: New Year, thanks Mike